0: Greetings, everyone. I'm so glad that uh, all my listeners are here to join me today on this podcast. I'm so excited about the conversation that we're about to, I say, encounter. I am going to be um, just, I say, in fellowship with two great um, educators who I think are changing how we are viewing, how we're educating our students. And so I'd first like to say welcome to Mr. Gooney Johnson. How you doing, Mr. Johnson?
1: Welcome, welcome. I'm doing well today. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And Mrs. Collins, Ms. Mrs. Tiffany Collins. How are you, Mrs. Collins?
2: I am awesome. Couldn't be better.
0: Well, that's wonderful. You know, um, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this, because um, you're seeing so many of you know our our, our public schools that are... And I'm just going to keep it real, seem to be um, falling really short when it's you know coming to educating our, our students. And I think that we have to begin to have real conversations about how we can begin to really change and move education to a different uh, level. You know, I, I truly feel like education um, has definitely been just a part of constantly conversations, you know, in political arenas for so long. Every president that comes in, they always say that we're going to give this amount of money, you know, for education. But it seems like everything always stays the same. So before we get started, I would like to give just you, both of you, to give just a brief history about your educational background. So we'll start with you first, Mr. Johnson.
1: Uh, thank you so much. Uh, that that was something that was kind of resonating on my heart when you were speaking because um, before anyone wants to hear you, they want to know if you're real people. Right. And if we're going to engage in a real conversation, I just <laughs> want to let you know a little bit about myself. I'm um, 33 years of age. Um, my name is Goonie Johnson again. Um, I'm from Jackson, Mississippi, born and raised and bred in West Jackson. Um, I grew up in a, oh yeah, West Jackson finest. <laughs> uh, I, grew up, I grew up in um, a, a, a pretty structured home. A Christian uh, Christian home where I had my father and my mother, um, it was kind of a lower middle class community and it began to be um, affected by some of the drug academic, ep- epidemic of the time. So it, it was kind of like a declining neighborhood where I had, you know, some problems. But that structure that my parents gave me, uh, I stayed in JPS all of my, you know, K through 12th. I went to uh, Raines Elementary, People's Middle School and Murray High School. And uh, afterwards, I went to JSU, um, uh, pursued education um, with elementary education, seeking a degree. uh, I kind of got into the behavior field where I began a career working at uh, Mississippi Children's Home for about six years. And the Lord is blessed with uh, many other opportunities. And now I'm at um, uh, Midtown Public Charter School where I'm a behavior specialist there now.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. Now, that sounds, I mean, amazing. Um, to hear but also let me introduce mrs tiffany collins can you give us a brief description about yourself miss collins
2: yes um, my name is tiffany collins and i am 39 and um i come from a single parent home pretty much Um uh, parents divorced when i was uh six and um so we kind of struggled uh, i did start off in jps schools um I went to French reigns and the last school I went to in JPS was my seventh grade year at uh, North Jackson middle school. Then I, um, I mean Northwest middle school, I'm sorry. And, um, after that we moved to, um, Rankin County and I finished up in Florence high school. Um, I actually started education in my own home with my children. Um, and, Kind of saw the need uh, to had a passion for teaching and helping others, and so um, started out at Jackson State and end up finishing at uh, Mississippi Valley with a degree in elementary education, and also I have an endorsement in um, reading. Uh, reading is something I'm very passionate about, and um, I'm now I've worked at uh, elementary. I've taught second grade all the way up to eighth grade. And so now I am a literacy interventionist at Midtown Public Charter School as well, and I work with fifth through eighth graders.
0: Wonderful. I mean, both of you all have such a great, um, I'd say, uh, resume. So it's that that that's really wonderful. Um, and as I was saying before, one of the things, the reason why I definitely wanted to have this conversation and what this podcast is all about, is really seeing. The importance of, I I say, freedom agents all around us, meaning doing incredible things that uh, barrier breakers to change our communities. And from your experience, from both of you, um, and you can chime in, you know, this is a very organic conversation, everyone. So uh, we just kind of want to have a, I think, a real perspective on what our youth are facing today. And so with that being said, uh, the question I have for, for both of you, and uh, you, I would say I'll start out with you, uh, Mrs. Collins, is through the lenses of a black woman, um, how do you see, uh, uh, what issues do you see that are facing our students today?
2: Um, well, a lot of the things that our students are facing today would be, through my eyes, would be the absentee of black males in their lives and in the homes. Um Growing up, like I said, I did come from a single-parent home, and I just know the struggles that i okay it's
0: All right. Okay. It's, 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 it started back. And okay. I'm sorry about that. Oh,
1: you I guys, are more... Mm-hmm. Hey, this we...
0: Okay, so I that. So yeah, so continue. So continue. Basically, just start back with what I what what I was asking you. You know, through the lens of black men, what do you see, um students? Uh, what were they facing today? I'm sorry,
1: but that's oh no, it, it's no problem, and We we oftentimes when we on the phone, somebody come in the room, or you know, somebody had to click over. So <laughs> we you, you, we used to break ins, and we ain't, we ain't gonna let that wear us. Exactly. But, um, So, but I think I was at the point where we were kind of talking about uh, the standards, the Mm -hmm. academic standards. uh, What was going on now? You know, when I was growing up, mean you couldn't come in the house with no seventy and say you you didn't. Or sixty nine. Nowadays, you can come in with a with a sixty and you passed. And you know, and not only that, now these school systems are giving, they're automatically giving children fifties. So if you think about that, with the mindset of a child, they only really have to try 10% to even pass. So they're they're not even coming with the mindset uh, that I have to put forth energy and effort to, you know, actually grow. So that's one thing that I think that's crippling, you know, a part of our communities, uh, you know, is is bringing in these systems where we're actually pacifying, you know, uh, the black community. And, you know, and, and and the last thing I think uh, is we have to have more, um, you know, uh, transferable real world consequences for children, mm. you know, to to the point where, I mean, when, when children do things aggressively, disrespectfully, there needs to be swift consequences and there needs to be, I mean, I, I, I noticed that there was a decline in behavior when even corporal punishment was taken out. Not that that's mm. the only thing. But you know when you have people that's dealing with you know the real- that's that's really dealing with the realities and 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 some of these behaviors are just totally unacceptable, sometimes you have to put it back into the parents' lap
0: right. How often do you you know in terms of the classroom and um you know I've had experience where I've gone in to do workshops in classrooms, and I'm gonna tell you I mean. <laughs> You gotta be prepared for that. <laughs> I mean, I'm just you know the the approach. Uh, you know the approach in terms of, you know, I, I realize you know I often tell um, you know, Tiffany all the time. I always you know applaud her because I'm like, I was just so like when I went into the environment, you know, I'm excited and I'm ready to share. Share. It's like, you got to get a handle on the discipline aspect of it. You got to be like, you know, and of course I was clueless to all of that. Like clap your hand one time and two times and three times. And I was like, Oh my God, what is this? You know? So (laughs) I, you know, so I, I, I think, um, you know, just in terms of, um, of like discipline, how often what do you all think about that? Like are you do you all have to deal with that on a constant um basis before you can even begin to um I guess introduce any form of creative ideas to the students? Miss Collins, would you answer that?
1: Go ahead, TC.
2: Um yes. I now um repeat the question for me one more. I was just saying.
1: I jump in. I jump I jump in, TC, if you need me to. I got you. <laughs> I <Look>. got you. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> nah, 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 what what and I think this is one thing that me and, and me and McCollins do well together too, is that we, we we like we just a straight up team and, and and at work I think that's one thing Mississippi not Mississippi home, Midtown does very well. That it that it helps it like it it kind of uh, encourages that like real family type of community mm-hmm. feel, and like we, me, me and Miss Collins act like sisters and brothers, you know. And the children when they can feed off a type of interaction like that, that's one thing. Like she, she may not encounter as many disciplinary problems, or you know, because there's that community mm. feel. But you know, you and, and that's one way, and and one and she encourages the male energy she doesn't she doesn't she she's not um you know there's no frictitiousness when she comes around you know like no nah, you ain't go discipline that child like that and i and you know she's kind of spoken on you know how her husband has held wow. it down and how she seen like how how much her children have been successful and grown because of her husband and how she knew it wasn't nothing she can mm-hmm. do about it
2: yeah and and absolutely and I, no um, keep going I'm sorry that's, that's one of the things too that I, that I wanted to say with um now working working there with the disciplinary issues like Mr. Johnson said I don't have as many and it is too but like I said they do see the the you know the partnership you know that we have there and they understand you know how a child like um kind of like they respect like all of the children respect Mr. Johnson to the utmost. He can hold three, four, five, six, seven, eight classes at one time, no problem versus someone else holding half a group of students that have just total chaos because those children, you know, they know that he is most definitely going to, you know, um, correct them, but he does it. It's it's all coming out through love and they know that he genuinely cares, you know, for them and about their well-being. And he's only trying to do the best thing that is for them. So and I think, too, with um, them seeing us interact, you know, and then them understanding. I tell them all the time, you know, I cannot teach you how to be a how to be a man. I I can't teach you all that. But you all have to understand that. And that's, that's some of the things I tell my children, my boys, that, you know, I can't teach you how to be a man. But you have to understand that, you know, you still do have to respect me as a woman. You wouldn't want anyone to talk to your mom. Don't treat me any kind of way. You don't want anybody to treat your mom. You don't want anyone talking to your grandma, your future daughter, your future wife. And, you know, just to even have those type of conversations with them. You know, a lot of them haven't had someone just to sit down and talk with them, because I know in districts that I have uh, worked in previously, teachers didn't care. Teachers didn't care and I've never worked in a district where we had pretty much males because the district I'm working in that we did have a male, they were not males that were fully, um...
1: Assertive. Thank
2: you. <laughs> okay, so they, um... <laughs> but,
1: but I'm trying to find I the right it, words. That's, that's my people now. I am always look out on my people. Go ahead, T.C. Go ahead. You preaching, man. Go ahead. So, to see, uh <laughs> How those
2: children they look up to Mr. Johnson, even from the girls to the boys, they look up to him. Some of them, he's the only male they see, and he's a positive male. You know, he's not this male that just comes to work to just actually, okay, I'm coming just to collect me a check after that because he goes above beyond. They're there, and it's um, some other uh, you know, other two other men there. Well, another man there that's like the dean of students for our school, also they do an awesome, when I say awesome job, you know, praying over our children, praying in the parking lot, praying over the parking lot. And even just seeing their interaction, you know, with them has also even encouraged me even the more to understand that, you know, like it, you know, it helps me to want to do all I can, but, you know, stay in my lane as well, because I do understand that everyone has a role to play. And I think that if everyone can understand that just because you may not have this same role or you're not having this same encounter or same interaction, that does not mean that you're any less than because we are all Mm -hmm. a whole. So everybody, when they do their part, you know, it equals, you know, a whole It's coming together and we're still, we're one body that's trying to get to the, get the same, you know, results without, and that's our children actually being successful, being able to have the same, um, the same opportunities as other mm-hmm. children, you know, um, the district, the district that my boys are in. If you if you make a zero, then you get that zero. They're not. Nothing is given to these children where I, the district that my boys is in. Nothing is given to them. They have to work hard at what they have. You know, the grades they have. No one is giving anybody anything. And if you make whatever you make, that's exactly what you're going to get if you um you don't get all these chances after chances after chance and i think we kind of like mess our children up with um in the urban areas with that because we want we give them so much and it's like they don't have to work for anything and so they have this mindset you know and this is how they went, you know in school coming up 18 years i've been given everything so when they get out of school they don't even it's like a they're shell shocked because they don't understand that okay I need to actually work for something. You know, now one thing I can say, my mom always told me that nothing is like in life is free. Regardless of what someone is giving you, they say it's free, there's something you're going to exactly. have to do to gain something that's worth having. You know, so yeah. that's uh, you know, some of the things that, you know, that we face there. And like I say, I have I enjoy, you know, working working with um my coworkers that I work with. You know, it's been a pleasure to even just see i love to see males interacting with those children because like i said a lot of it i see i see myself as a child coming up and i just knew how i wanted so bad like my and i can just remember uh even like i'm 39 now just the reality setting in that i would never be daddy's little girl you know like that just set in probably like when i turned the age of 30 you know just so just to see those children having Something to look forward, to. we even had um a student that said, if Mr. Johnson won there, they weren't wow, coming back wow. to the school, you know, so just to wow, see those wow. children that just don't even want to come to school because you know that male energy that male presence that they know is really looking out for their good, you know i mean that's it's just it's touching it's it's touching to just see it, you know, and to see changes, even if I mean just like even with me, I have some of those kids, one of them um He'll see me and he'll he call me ma, you know, and um, I I answer to him because I call all of my kids and just like nobody ever knows what I'm talking about, the children I gave birth to or my students because I like I tell them, when I encounter all of them, I see that I treat them just like I treat my boys. You know, I want them to be as successful as my children. I, I want them to have the same opportunities, you know, to the same choices, and to work as hard, you know, I, I try to put them on high standards so that they can understand like, okay, I got to actually come in. Even though my class is just an intervention class, I got to come in here and I got to work. Like you're not coming in my class just sitting down like, okay, you if you want to do that, then you have to stay at home. Because when we come in here, we're going to work and we're going to work hard and we're going to do what it is that needs to be done to get us to that next level.
0: How often do both of you deal with the fact of in terms of you know, it, it this, with that involved, like in terms of uh, parental guidance, you know, or just that parental participation, you know, with parents. And I know that, as you say, like within, you know, urban communities um, that we deal with where there's people say, well, there's not enough parent participation, you know, and so we have to also become the parents as well. <laughs> So when you just said that for a lot of the students, right. Mr. Johnson and even yourself are mothers and fathers who might say, "Hey, you need to straighten up," or "Hey, you." I mean, how often are you all dealing? And like I said, just my time at doing like my music workshops and in, in schools, and it was only for like an hour. You know, are just it was brief, and and I can remember just really coming home and just being like you know dang this is a lot like this is a lot I was I was drained to be honest with you you know and so how do you all deal with that in terms of being do you all find yourself actually having to be um I guess have that parental influence on those students like that
1: uh oh I did I I could say uh I definitely feel like a uh, a father figure to a lot of the babies, and uh, and as as sometimes it is for like the stepdad syndrome, uh, I, I I encounter some of those interactions with the parents and dealing with the parents because what what happens is you know you have a, a group of individuals that's not used to male energy, and then and and instantly what a child does is try to play to get. The most out the situation, and what they'll do is you know usually say that man did such and such, and you have in a lot of in a lot in a lot of homes, not a lot not all of them, but you have the women saying, "Now you're not going to discipline my son, and he's fathering that child and as a man you as a woman, she has to understand that this man has to give these children characteristics to pass down. You can't, you, you 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 know, you can't just say, oh, no, nah, you ain't going to do this or no, nah, you ain't going to discipline them that way. Because what that does is it creates a, a spoiled and a rotten child. And, you know, and, and it's not and, and they're not locked into reality. So sometimes what happens is we discipline the child the correct way. And what would happen is, is parents will step in and begin to argue or be argumentative to us as if they're, you know, coming in and saying you're not going to do my child this way and we're saying no this is appropriate discipline because your child is not such and such and you know and and it's kind of sort of a back and forth thing and when and usually the truth comes out you know and and what happens is that gap is bridged because like um miss collins was saying man we have an amazing um amazing man up there man i call him a big brother a friend all the above mr huddleston he does such a wonderful job of articulating to the parents uh, exactly what is needed, and, and and that we we're here and we're trusting them. We understand that they're hurt and they're bringing hurt children here. And I mean, when I say he does it so eloquently, man, I I, I can't even really speak to how well he does it when he's speaking to those parents in regards to, uh, you know, our you know our interactions and how we have to step up and be fathers and sometimes almost um husbands mm-hmm. or you know when we're speaking to the parent a- as far as no we have to discipline your child is just like he's one of my like he's mine. Yeah. So you know those are some of the things that we kinda go through. Well
2: I mm-hmm. absolutely and you can chime in Mrs. Collins. Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna add in and just say um even with uh I I had an experience myself with a parent and the parent was highly upset. But just the way Mr. Huddleston um was able to come in and just the it went all the way differently, you know, versus how it was supposed was going with, you know, how when she came up there, how it was. But I mean, just he's a very, very, very um, you know, positive, you know, God fearing man as well and He does an excellent job with those children, with those children, with those parents, especially with those parents, because the parents come up there on a thousand and he'll bring them (laughs) right back down to zero in the most mannerly, (laughs) I mean, in the most mannerly way. And I'll be Mm -hmm. like, wow, you know, and the the words that he uses to just to calm them down. I mean, it's, I mean, it's really, it's amazing. You know, it's like, you really, like, I know that I am on the path that God has called me to be on. You know because at one point I was I was unsure if I was going to come back, you know, if I was going to be able to come back. And then, you know, once I was, you know, offered the position to come back, you know, was I going to accept the position? Was I going to do this and, you know, and I'm just really thankful that God did just show me, you know, that this is where I'm supposed to be. And I can see like every day when I get up, you know, my prayer is just, you know, God help me to reach and teach them. Just If it's just one, help me to reach and teach that one, you know, even today in church, I was just praying, help me to be, you know, a better teacher, a better coworker, a better, uh, you know, employee, just, you know, just wanting to better myself, you know, just help me to be, who it is that he's called me to be to touch the lives of these children and to just be able to do the things they need to do to show, to be that light bulb for them that so they can understand that, Hey, you know, I don't have to behave this way. I don't have to act this way. And some of them, you can just, you can be around those babies and you can just feel their pain. Like some of them want so hard to do the right thing and to do what's good, but it's just, their environment and then you know uh dealing with um peer pressure just peers in general just you know because it's kind of like when you're trying to do the right thing like you're the you're the oddball Mm, you know so it's kind of hard to be on that path you know at that at that age to do what's right Right. when shoot majority of what's around you you know your surroundings and things is wrong you know so it's a it's a it's a struggle. And like what you said about um, being drained, that is something that I used to find myself um, when I was actually in the classroom, uh, you know, teaching for like just teaching uh, subjects or whatever. I found myself being all the way drained and I realized that I was giving so much. It was my job was taking so much out of me that I wasn't having there was nothing left to give to my own family. And so I had to pray and, and I actually resigned in the middle of a school year because um, I had my order wrong. You know, I had I wasn't going to I stopped going to church. I had come home, couldn't deal with my own children because I was trying so hard to reach and teach everybody else's child. So I realized I had my order wrong and I had to, um, you know, self-reflect and pause and take a, you know, observation of my life and realize, you know, I got to get it back on task. And I'm just glad that I did because like, I know where I am now is where I was supposed to be for wow. this season. So I know God has a mighty plan, you know, um, and there's some, there's some more things that I should be doing that I am going to be doing, but I'm just, you know, waiting to hear, waiting to know what my next move is. And, um, but, I, I mean, I know I am where I'm and supposed to be. And you know to what?
0: Be. You know, one of the things that yeah. I really can say by just listening to both of you all, I think it's something that's really important um, for listeners to understand is that, um, that that it's it's so amazing when you can have great partnerships, you know, um, whether I tell people the importance of great partnerships means everything, you know, it actually fuels you. And And I think a lot of times if we look back, I'm just, you know, This looked back like in the 60s and uh, 50s. And even with my mom, you know, she would always tell me stories, you know, of how when they were going to school, they knew who their teachers were because the teachers actually lived in their communities, you know, and and so they had a real, um, it was a valuable relationship. So they understood the the conditions of their community. And of course, now, you know, you have teachers that don't live in the community. Um, And I think that a lot of teachers that are in the community, um, how, well, this, I'm just going to keep it real. I mean, they don't look like our students, you know? And so a lot of times it's, you know, they don't understand the condition, you know, um, uh, a white woman won't understand the experience of a young black man, you know, or vice versa, our, our young black girl growing up in the in in the conditions that she's growing uh, growing up in, it, especially if it's you know a situation that's dysfunctional, you know. And I'm not saying that our white teachers are like that, you know, are, are um, but I do understand of what I'm saying is that I definitely know the importance of having um, educators that understand where. Where their students come from, and what they come from. So you know, I I definitely. Um, oh,
1: definitely, know. man. That, that that.
0: No, go. You, you can speak, Mister Johnson.
1: Hello. No, I I I think you know just to understand. Hello, yes, can yes, you hear yes, me? Are you able? Are you able to, are you able to yes, hear? Yes, we able to hear you. Uh, uh, I was just saying that. Uh, pretty much where you. What you were saying was 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 dead on target as far as you have to be able to understand somebody's narrative um, or or their perspective, and that's the difference between being sympathetic and Mm. empathetic. Uh, When you have someone who just you know has a totally different yeah, you can sympathize for me and feel sorry, but you don't really know where I'm coming from. And you know both of them are admirable, but it's definitely most most effective to be empathetic because you can actually help a person from where they are you know not telling them you need to get to where I am you know because I feel sorry you just need to get on up and get to where I am like now I know what I know what it feels like to be a black man that uh, has male resentment or dad is never around the house for me for for my sake and for you know my Dad wasn't necessarily you know behaving the best as a husband, and it it what it created in my household was my mother like generally was just bitter for the and and she would not be seemingly encouraging to me or to our family members and you know my siblings so what that did it was just like oh, she just being mean i didn't it really didn't matter to me, but what it did was it forced me quickly. To kind of get my mind prepared for reality, so I started working, at, you know, at fourteen years at fourteen years old. So you know, I I can understand some of the males who are in the school right now that's at twelve years old, because at twelve I used to skip school and cut yards for a, a man in the neighborhood so I can make money. Um, So I can understand these 12 year old boys just saying, I just really want something. I want to, you know, do something so I can kind of have real honest uh, conversations with them and dealing with some of those issues. So it it is very important to kind of have those you know um those people around who really understand not heard about it but i didn't really Mm -hmm. need this thing
0: that is that's so very true well you know i want to say i'm so grateful that i have the opportunity to um speak with you all and i hope that my listeners um are really like really just sucking up all of this wonderful um information and and i i hope that it allows um others to see the importance of what it means to have incredible teachers in your community and to really value that. You know, so in closing, I I would like to ask um, both of you um, something that I think is so important. It's it's simple, but, you know, um, you have to get up every day, deal with, uh, as we say, you know, the young minds, what fuels you in the morning? What gets you going, Mr. Johnson? What is one of your rituals that you have?
1: Oh, man. The, the, uh, I don't know, it's it, it sometimes certain music motivates me. Sometimes um, just the structuring of me being like, kind of like a, 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 a black advocate and, and the lover of my people. You know, to wake up every morning and to know that you can be po- a positive influence on black children—we like have ninety-eight percent African Americans at our school—and man, to wake up and man, that 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 drives me. And the Bible says that you know He'll be the father to the fatherless. You know, um, I mean, I knew I had some. You know, when I may not have felt a certain way about my mother, God provided me mothers. When I didn't feel certain um, ways about my father, God provided me different fathers in the community that I can talk to and look up to. So, man, for me, it, it, it it's just it's it's, it's self fueling, you know, to even have a a career working with the youth. And and you know, I worked with um, youth at at, at um, Mississippi Children's Home, and there I dealt with you know it was a little more intimate because it was fewer children. But now, you know, to really deal with one child for an entire year, or you know, for the majority of the year, you can just watch a child grow and mature. You know, help mature that individual with some safe parameters. So I'm just, I, I mean, I say all that to say, I, working working with these babies is is, is that's that's enough <laughs> for me.
0: Well, that's wonderful. And Mrs. Collins, what about you? <laughs>
2: Well, with me, she's like, "Uh, uh hold on, give me a minute then, to really uh, think
0: about this, about and uh, so I can have a really
2: <laughs> wait." No, you know what? I know, I, look, it's, it's hard to come behind, Mister Johnson. You know what I'm saying? She bags, <laughs> get
1: back. You got you Man, she, she got up. it. She got it. She got wait. the news. You got
2: it. But <laughs> no <laughs> so, listen. Uh, first thing, one thing that uh drives me. Is I, I most definitely i do I, I do my devotion in the morning so when I, I do my devotion and i have that just feel like i can go out here and conquer the world and then when i see when i wake up and i go in my living room and i see my boys and the happiness on my children faces and the interaction and the relationship that you know we have with our children and i i want to give that to the babies I encounter at my job that just it drives me to because I just feel like they should have it, because it's not with children and ask to be here and it's just not fair to some of them the uh, cards that they are dealt so that drives me just to be an inspiration to them just to even hear them um, when I've had um, my principal and um, the curriculum specialist come to me and tell me how much the children enjoy my class you know they enjoy you know, the things that we do because I try to put a different approach on it. So just to be able to see me making a difference in, you know, in these children's lives, that's the thing that actually motivates me and encourages me to keep doing what I'm doing and understand that, you know, um, many are called but few Mm -hmm. are chosen. And I just feel that um, myself and some of the uh, other Mr. Johnson and, you know, Mr. Hullis and some of the other coworkers I have have been are the, among the few that have been chosen because to you have to have a passion for what you do because if not, you will lose that just fire determination and it will just become a job. But um, I enjoy what I do and seeing the smiles on those children' faces to see them, you know, be able to smile and just like my own children smile with excitement and joy, just to see that same thing you know, on those children's faces is what actually keeps me going daily.
0: Well, you know what? I want to say to both of you, I thank you all so much for uh, being a part of my um, podcast. Um, You all are actually my first guest that I've had on this podcast and it means so much. And I definitely wanted to do one where we were really discussing um, the state of education with our children. And, you know, I would like to, um, share this quote. It said, the function of education is to teach one to think intensive and critically. And it said, intelligence plus character. That is the goal of true education, Dr. Martin Luther King. And I wanna say to both of you, thank you so very much for the work that you do. You are valuable. We need you. We appreciate you and continue to move forward in all that you do, and be a proud Freedom Agent. I would like to thank special guests Tiffany Collins and Goonie Johnson. If you have enjoyed the podcast, feel free to subscribe, share, and leave a review. And also follow me on social media at Tawana Shantae, as well as my website, TawanaShantae.com or FreedomAgentCollective.com. Thanks for listening.